Welcome to the show. Here's my dad. On this episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast, we have two amazing women join me to share their open adoption story together. You got to hear this one. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Infant Adoption Guide Podcast. This is episode number 66. My name is Tim Elder. I'm a dad of three through infant adoption, and this is the podcast all about domestic infant adoption. We give you the inspiration and hope so you can go and adopt faster with more confidence and less headaches. And I really appreciate you joining me because we have an amazing episode today. And this episode is sponsored by Bethany Christian Services. They are a full-service Christian nonprofit adoption agency with locations in 36 states. They've been helping families just like you adopt since 1944. They're going to help you create an adoption plan that's right for you and your family, and they'll be there to help you support you every step of the way. And that means even beyond when you finalize your adoption, because they offer some incredible post-adoption services for families like you for adoptees, for birth families, and I invite you to go check out some of their adoption stories and learn how to get started at bethany.org forward slash infant adoption guide. And I'll have that link in the show notes for you. So we have on the show today two amazing women, Tara and Nicole, who are going to share not only their adoption story, but their relationship and how it came to be the heartache and the hurt as well as the joy and just embracing each other and each other's families. You're going to hear the love as they share their hearts through their story. So I'm just going to get out of the way right now and have you listen to their incredible story. Have a box of tissues ready because you may, may be a little bit of a tearjerker. Here you go with Tara and Nicole. All right. On the show today, we have uh, two amazing women. We have Tara and Nicole joining us. Uh, to share their open adoption story. And they've worked with Bethany Christian Services back in May of 2013, where Tara placed her daughter, Olivia, as a newborn through adoption with Nicole and Jeremy uh, down in the state of Florida. And I'm just really excited to have them here because they're going to share their open adoption relationship story. So welcome, Tara and Nicole, to the Infinite Adoption Guide podcast. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, we're, when we're setting up the interview, uh, you know, I've talked to each of you individually, and so I'm, I'm excited to have both of you on and really just share with the folks how you guys came together. But I really want you to in, each individually kind of share your story. Tell us a little bit about your family, like how you got to be where you're at, and I'd like to start with Nicole. Yeah, absolutely. So Jeremy and I, we we got married pretty young. Uh, we met and we were married in 2002. And so, like most couples, we decided, hey, we want to have children maybe in a few years, right? And we were, I always joke, because we were in the Bible college community, and people literally come back from their honeymoon with five children. And you're just like, wow, that's pretty incredible. <laughs> and, um, and so people just have a lot of babies. And so for us, we were like, let's just wait a, a, a few years. And so around 25, 26 years old, uh, you know, we began the process of trying to have children. And we always knew that we wanted to adopt. That was always in the DNA of our family. But at that time, ironically, it was plan B, right? We were going to have biological children like most people and then adopt. We had been at a Stephen Curtis Chapman concert, and he used Bethany Services, mm-hmm. and that was on one of our dates. And we're like, oh, we're going to use Bethany. 
destiny one day. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, as life would have it, our journey became a lot more difficult than we had anticipated. And I had a miscarriage at one point. Uh, and so I thought, man, I got pregnant once. Surely this will happen again. And then years and years into the treatment, um, you know, we realized that this was not going to be an option for us, but being parents were. And so for Jeremy, I, my 30th birthday gift, I said, can we go to the adoption agency? That would be amazing. Uh, and so we did. We went to an information class for Bethany Christian Services, and that was pretty amazing for us to go to a class and meet other people that were like us. You know, there was no adoption really in my family. Um, and so we just decided at that point we were not interested in domestic adoption at all. Uh, and I know we'll get more into that, but we just made the decision. And, you know, we'll talk more about our story, but we we chose adoption through Bethany. We, uh, after a series of events, decided to move forward with domestic adoption. And we were with Bethany. We actually had a failed placement before my son. And so that was an interesting part of our journey as well. And then we were matched with uh, we, we became a waiting family. We were matched with my son and we adopted him in December um, and then decided that we definitely wanted to continue to grow our family through adoption. And when my son was one, we got a call from the agency about Tara and they said, you know, she had looked through some profiles. I'm sure she'll tell you more of that. Um, but they felt like the Holy Spirit was calling her to us, you know, through her descriptions. And so we quickly, you know, upped our timeline and turned in our, our items. And then we got the call that we were matched with Tara. And now we are, you know, we have Olivia too. <laughs> so that's the brief version of our 17-year journey together and how we wound up with now two kids, two fish, two dogs, and a beer, a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> quite the uh household there yes and i'm sure the 17 yeah. years you could go at least an hour in your uh description of all mm -hmm. the events that happened yeah. in there and there's a ton of stories i'm sure mm -hmm. uh yeah but thank you for sharing that we do want to get into how your guys' relationship and how the adoption happened with olivia and how tara came into your life mm -hmm. so tara i'd like you to jump in and just share the story really how and why you really chose uh, nicole and jeremy to the, be the parents of olivia mm -hmm. Well, my adoption counselor, Brittany, told me to make a list of everything that I wanted in parents for my baby. First and foremost, I wanted to make sure that they were genuinely saved. I was terrified that there would be a possibility that they wouldn't actually be saved, but would say all the right things. Mm. So they would be able to go through best mm. Christian services to get a baby. She told me that that wouldn't happen because as part of the application <laughs> process, the parents have to submit a letter from their pastor. So that aside... I listed every single thing that I wanted, and it was a really long list, and I thought it was the longest, but she said there was longer. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it was like a full page, like front and back, all like one line of stuff, and I can't imagine more than that. <laughs> so <laughs> she looked through all the profile books and pulled uh, any books that even remotely matched my criteria. And looking at profile books, is a very difficult part of an adoption journey for a birth mom because at that moment, what you're doing actually becomes real. You're staring at these eager, smiling faces, making the heartfelt pleased to you as a prospective mom, and it kind of really guts you. And you're charged with finding the perfect person who will care for your child for the rest of their life. And I can't remember exactly how many books I looked through, but I looked through a lot. And I didn't like any of them. And I felt really terrible for judging these people. Who was I to say that they couldn't have my baby? I mean, they were clearly more responsible than I was. 
just because I didn't like the phrase tummy mommy that they used. Uh, I took a couple books home. I told my counselor I would think and pray about, but I actually put them in the closet and didn't look at them again. And Brittany said she kind of expected that this was going to be a little difficult, (laughs) but she would (laughs) keep looking (laughs) and she would get back to me. (laughs) And so I freaked out a little bit. I prayed and I cried out to God and I asked him to show me who he'd chosen for my baby. And was it any of the books that I didn't, you know, really look at? And Brittany and the one from the pregnancy center told me um, that I would just know when I found them. So I trusted them, and I trusted God, and Brittany called me a couple months later and said she thought that she'd found the perfect people, but it would be a couple weeks before their book was finished, so I got it about a week before Christmas, and when I got it from the mailbox, I was super nervous to open it. I was afraid that they would be her parents, and I was also afraid that they wouldn't. It was like Schrodinger's envelope, (laughs) so (laughs) I went in the bathroom (laughs) which was the only place I could be alone. I had four younger siblings and my nine-year-old daughter. And I opened the envelope. And the moment I looked at the cover, I knew that they were her parents. And as I flipped through the book, I began to tear up. And the picture that really clinched it for me was the picture of Nicole holding her newborn son, Luke, with the biggest smile on her face (laughs) and this look of absolute joy. And I knew that that was the woman that I wanted to be my daughter's mother. And her husband, Jeremy, is basically a boy version of me. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't know until two years later that they were not a waiting family. I I guess Brittany didn't want to pressure me. (laughs) And that's the, you know, we we were at lunch um, and I... I got a call from Brittany and I thought Luke's birth parents were pregnant again. Oh, and she said, listen, right. we, we, you know, we have this, this birth mom at the time. I didn't know it was Tara and they can't guarantee anything. Right. So they try not to get you too excited. Right. But Brittany literally said to me, I feel like the Holy spirit. That's how I mentioned that is describing your family. Um, and so we were like, okay, that's why it took a few weeks to get the wow. book. because We had to update it. Um, and so I love that. <laughs> that is amazing. That's awesome. That absolutely is a Holy Spirit moment there, bringing you all together. I mean, there's no doubt about the way you described it. That's amazing. And I'm glad that your faith really did, on both of your parts, mm-hmm. bring you together. You know, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's an amazing. And with Bethany, too, because the, the, Brittany had to be involved and had to have that same type of Holy Spirit moment going, hey, wait a minute, these people might work together. And, and she yeah. took a chance and that's amazing. So let's move forward a little bit and how much time really, I guess, Tara, how much time was there between that time when you picked them and when Olivia was born, you recall? Uh, it was about five months. Okay. I think it was about 22 weeks pregnant when we had our match meet. Okay. Our first, our first one. Yeah. So you matched, so you met together. So you guys live, how far apart do you live? Uh, just about, it's, I think it's about two hours away. Okay. If that. So you got to meet, did yeah. you meet just once before Olivia was born? I asked uh, if I could get to know them a, a little more. Uh, so they agreed. I think we met like two or three more times. And then yeah. the last meeting was about a month uh, before uh, I had Olivia and they came to my house um, for dinner and met my whole family and everything. And did that just confirm everything that you felt from the moment you opened up that packet and saw them and knew they were it? Yes. Yes. I, I always had a piece about them and my decision to 
uh, place Olivia for adoption. That's great. And so, just from our perspective, yeah. too, you know, we do a lot of work, and I, I'm, you know, I love these conversations because, you know, it's so, it's so important to just as we navigate through all of the confusion of adoption because it's a new normal for all for all of us. The certainty. Mm-hmm that God provides in, in those moments. And when Jeremy and I are working with adoptive families, you know, the one thing that we say is please, you know, like Tara, I love hearing, I've never heard Tara talk about her fear. Like what if somebody pretends that they're saved and they talk their way into this process? You know, we share with people, please be genuine and stick to what you say because your word is all that you have in this process and the trust that you're building. Um, and so I just think that that's so important as we talk about open adoption, just navigating through those conversations. This is, it's, it's a lifelong commitment to each other. And so we just warn people, please don't ever say anything that's outside the, the scope of who you are. And then when we got to meet Tara's family, that was for us, we're going to talk about open adoption more, I'm sure, but it is, you've never expected these things, right? Like this is a new normal for everyone. And so for us to be able to spend time with Tara and spend time with her family and, and her daughter, it was just the coolest thing for us. It was such a gift because we wanted that trust. We wanted that relationship forever, you know, for Olivia, who we hadn't even met yet and for Tara and for her family, you know, this, all of them were trusting us. And so that was so important for us to, to be able to do those things. And, and I'm so grateful that we had those, those meetings beforehand because it really built that foundation and, and we were so grateful for it. Yeah. That's very, all very good points. Mm-hmm. And I was going to mention that yeah. to Tara too, just the fact that you made this long page of stuff, stuff that was important to you. That was huge. You know, that I think mm-hmm. when a lot of hopefully adoptive families start putting the other profiles, they're like, Oh, what do they want to hear? What do they want to see? What are they? No, you have to be your genuine self. And that's what you were just saying, Nicole. You have to be yeah. yourself and trust that uh, God's going to put you together with the right person. And that's right. Be true to yourself. And don't make the book. Oh, I'm sorry, Tim. You're sorry. fine. You're fine. Yeah. Don't make it what, what you're not. You have to make it genuinely who you are. Yes. And don't make it for the, like you're saying, we didn't want to create a book that wasn't who we were. It, you know, for example, I'm really loud. So I wanted to mention that a lot in the book. Like, I didn't want to scare somebody when I first met them or, <laughs> you know, so there were just things I wanted to be very, and, you know, my, we just wanted, we just wanted to really be who we were on those pages as genuine as we could. And then if we were chosen, it was for the right reasons for the birth mom too, right? That was so important for us. And literally when I met Tara, when we left our match meeting the first time we met Tara, I said to Jeremy, I was like, she's literally like you in girl form. Like you guys, you are the same person. It was the funniest. And and I love Tara so much, but it's just so interesting. Like her and my husband, they're literally the the same person. Just it was so crazy. So that was so cool for me to see that, how God did that. That's amazing that, uh, you guys can just see all those things and they just gel and they happen so yeah. easily. And I know it doesn't mm-hmm. happen that way for everybody. So, but we wanted to share the real, a real life story and that's what you guys are doing. And I wanted to know yeah. what you guys both thought about open adoption. I mean, obviously Nicole, you had some experience with that mm-hmm. adopting the first time. So you kind of knew going in what openness means and that you already explained it. Mm-hmm. You wanted, you were, you wanted to have that trust and start building that trust and having that lifelong relationship, and that's huge to go into mm-hmm. uh, a relationship with Tara, knowing that you want that. And Tara, how was how was important was that for you? How did you what did you know about openness and open adoption, and how kind of relationship that you wanted? Well, 
initially I wanted a closed adoption. I thought it would be too painful to have an open adoption right. and be able to see my baby grow up and not be able to have him or her as my own. And Brittany told me that they always try to uh, encourage open adoption at Bethany because it's, you know, the best for everyone. And I didn't think so. And I wanted to be moved to a non-maternity floor when I had the baby. I didn't want anyone to even think the word baby around me. And so open adoption sounded terrible to me. <laughs> and uh, I know now, obviously, that I was in the first stage of grief, which was denial. <laughs> so eventually I just chose to have an adoption, <laughs> an open adoption. I always think of that scene from Finding Nemo where they're like, denial. <laughs> Did it take a lot of conversations to get to that point? I mean, I mean, it's, it might be hard to flip a switch from going from, I want completely closed to, okay, I'm, I'm willing to look at open. It did. Every, um, every time that Brittany and I met, she would talk about it more and more. And I began to see that adopted adoption really was the best choice for both sides of the adoptive family. That way the birth mom can have closure and reassurance that her child is having a happy life and being brought up in a loving and godly home. And those once a year updates that we get uh, really in the world to us as birth moms, we want to hear any and every mundane detail and see the snapshots of those moments. Nicole is, I'm just going to say it now, she's the best update maker on the planet. (laughs) (laughs) I've never gotten less than like three pages of single space type letters chock full of level 10 excitement and stories and so many pictures. Like I literally have thousands of pictures (laughs) and I appreciate those detailed updates so much because it makes me feel, you know, like I was there. For Olivia's year, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it further, I guess, confirms that you chose the right people to be parents for your your baby. Every time you get yeah. updates like that, and every time you see pictures, yeah. I'm crying. Twenty five <laughs> minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a beautiful thing, so yet, I don't blame but I know you. I will be. I know what's going I'm like, oh my gosh, I love it. Can I just say something about the open adoption just really quickly? We were not open to it in the beginning either. Mm, So we, by the time we met Tara, obviously we did Dr. Luke and we were in open adoption. But just for any uh, future adoptive parents out there that are listening, that was like the, we thought that that was just the weirdest thing on the planet when we first heard about open adoption. We're like, that's super nice for other people, (laughs) but not for us. And people say to me now when I meet them, they're always like, you're such a great person. I'm like, oh my gosh, you have no idea. This has nothing to do with me. And so it's the idea of like, I remember being 18 and thinking, how could anyone ever get married? That's so creepy. And I'm never getting married. And then you meet, I met Jeremy and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to marry him. I love him so much. And so it's like anything else for us, we were so scared. And then with Luke, with his birth parents, once we met them in the hospital, I was like, there is, they, Luke's birth parents and then Tara, they loved our children first, bottom line. They loved our children first. And therefore, 
we love them more than they could ever imagine. And we want to be in heaven with them. And so that relationship, I, I couldn't imagine it any other way. And so when people say, I can't imagine, I often tell them you can't, you can't because you're not in that room. You didn't get to see the love of Tara or my son's birth mother, Megan. And so it's, it's so crazy. I always say control is like jello. The harder you squeeze, the less of it you have. And so in this relationship, it evolves over time like anything else. And so it didn't happen the way it is with me and Tara or my son's birth mother, the, the way it is now. It evolves over time. And I, I just want to, if someone's thinking about adoption, keep that in mind. Right? When, when you meet your child's birth parents, that relationship develops, and it's an amazing and beautiful thing. And you can't imagine it unless you're in it. And now I can't imagine it any other way. So just to kind of put that perspective in there. And then by the time we met Tara, we were so open to open adoption because we were in one. Um, but that wasn't the case in the beginning. Very, very good points. Yes. I mean, yeah. that's that's real life there, right? Everybody's, you. Yeah. it makes sense to be scared. It's weird. It's You, you can't yes. understand it. But uh, once you start experiencing it and you start getting in that relationship, it's real. And mm-hmm. you can't imagine it any other way. You put it so well. I couldn't say it any better than that. So. Yeah, thank, thank you. you for sharing Mic that. Mic drop. <laughs> well, let's 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 focus in. I want to focus in on the on the hospital stay and just when Olivia was born because I think a lot of people ask questions about that. I know they do in the Facebook groups. I see it all the time. Like, well, how does that work? You know, you're in the hospital, and Terry already mentioned it that you thought about being in a different isolated area because you didn't want to see or even hear the word baby. But your your mm-hmm. opinions changed, your feelings changed to the point where when you did actually have Olivia, how did that work? What was it like in the hospital when she was born? Well, I wanted Nicole and Jeremy to be there uh, like every step of the way. I wanted uh, Nicole to be the first person to hold her fresh out of the oven, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> I invited them, you know, ahead of time so they knew they are welcome. And... Um, that day, we were all a little punch trunk to start with because we'd been in the hospital since about 8 a.m. the day before. Well, I was. I think they got there around like 9, 30, 10. I asked to be induced when my due date came and went five days past because with my previous two children, my labors were six and a half hours and four hours respectively. So I wanted to make sure everyone that could be there that needed to so there was plenty of time. Well, clearly that was not the case this time. And it ended up being like the weirdest church lock-in ever. (laughs) So (laughs) the morning um, she was born, which was Mother's Day, uh, my doctor got there uh, to break my water and to check on my progress. And he said that Olivia was breech and he confirmed with a quick ultrasound. And he asked if I wanted to try to deliver her breech or to have a C-section. And I had been praying for a C-section because mm-hmm. I didn't think that I could handle a natural birth where I couldn't keep the baby at the end. So I immediately said, please, mm-hmm. Jen. <laughs> My mother mm-hmm. came just as they were preparing me for the surgery. So she was in the operating room with me and the doctor allowed everyone else to watch uh, the surgery through a window. Oh, that doesn't happen at every hospital with every doctor. Just so everybody mm-hmm. knows, but my doctor was kind enough to let them see. And, I know, even though um, she was through the window, I could see her. Uh, Nicole and I both started sobbing when they pulled Olivia out and Mm. held her up for everyone to see. And I have a picture of my own where Nicole has that same smile and that same look on her face holding Olivia. It was 
a very bittersweet day because I was both dreading and looking forward to it. Like every pregnant woman, I was eager for the process to be over so I could meet my baby, but I knew once that happened, I would have to say goodbye, mm. and I wasn't ready for that. So that was another reason why I was glad for the C-section, because we had more time to spend together in the hospital. Right. I got to see Nicole and Jeremy in action um, as Olivia's parents. Yeah, that's powerful. That's powerful. So you did you get to hold her shortly after she was born? Yes, okay. I I have some pictures. They let Nicole come back to, I guess, the nursery because I have a picture of her and yeah. my mom um, <laughs> by Olivia. <laughs> and um, I think I sent you that picture actually. Oh yeah, I think um, you did. You sent me a lot of pictures, and they're beautiful. Thank you. We'll, we'll share them on the blog post so folks can see them. That there are some amazing pictures you guys took. So your relationship took another step or a different step when Olivia was born. And you, like you said, you got to see them in action as parents and it was a bittersweet day as I'm sure it was, uh, for all of you, Nicole, yeah. what, do, what were you thinking and feeling as all this kind of went down? Yeah. To? So, you know, we, I already love Tara so much. I, I mean, it's just incredible. But then I always talk about that day when we could see Tara through the window because to look through the window and see her level of sacrifice that she was making for Olivia. And like she said, we were both crying. And to be able to look at her face as she was providing life for Olivia, I mean, I will just never forget that moment. And um, I always say if I could explode into a ball of glitter and that was like one of those moments and I'm like, ah, glitter ball explosion. Um, <laughs> just because I was so overwhelmed, you know, and, and just to see Tara, I, I mean, I can't explain it. I just to see Tara's level of sacrifice for Olivia. And then, you know, Olivia's coming out of the womb. I'm just like crying. The, the social workers are in the room. It was just, you know, there's so many emotions that you're not ready for, but I would say the over, overwhelming one was just gratitude and you know and then Tara was so gracious to uh allow us to go back with Olivia so I was there when they cleaned her Tara's mom was back there and it's just those are the moments you're like oh my gosh this is all coming together um and and I think for me the heart like that day you you can't ever be prepared for that right the the joy that you have because Olivia's life is here um but then you know the way that our heart broke for Tara too it, it only God can walk you through and navigate through those moments. And, um, you know, it's, it's this conflicting joy and sadness. Like Tara said, it's bittersweet. And, you know, Jeremy and I at the hospital for Luke and then Olivia too, we just really wanted that to be about Tara and my son's birth parents. Um, you know, there's, we, we meet with, with adoptive families sometimes, and they're so worried about what's going to happen to them in the hospital, and it's not about you. Um, you know, and so Jeremy and I just went into that from the beginning, just knowing we talked about that on the way up, that this is just about her, and we wanted her to, you know, be with Olivia as much as she could and take as many pictures and bring her a hamburger or whatever she wanted. You know, we just really wanted the ability to serve her um, and just love on her during that time. But I will say when we drove home that day, Jeremy and I were like, 
I don't know if we could do that again, you know, just because we were so filled with joy and sorrow. And so just praying through that, you know, as we prayed for Tara, you know, it's just, it's no one can prepare you for that day. But I think for me, that's why open adoption is such a gift because we get to see Tara as she healed and as we healed and, and, you know, only God can do that. And I know we'll talk about this, but the fact that Tara invited us to her wedding was such an exclamation point on like our already awesome story, because I was just so grateful that God allowed me to see her in such a spot of joy. And um, you don't always get to see that in your story when God's in control. And so just all that to us was like, ah, level 10, you know, this is the best day ever. (laughs) And uh, I don't know what else, where I'm going to go down from that, but just. No, that's beautiful. No, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. After Mm -hmm. the hospital stay and you guys Mm -hmm. go home, and I don't know if you had this conversation before then, but another Mm -hmm. thing that always comes up is, you know, how does, how do you navigate how much communication, like you said, you, you get these letters and photos, you know, how do you talk about how often do you send those or do you want those? Did you have those conversations before or did that just kind of evolve? Terry, I want you to go ahead and answer that one. Um, well, I think in a standard open adoption, you got one update a year on the child's birthday and then two visits per year. But I think the first three years, maybe you can have like an extra visit. Um, I think that's right. And then obviously you could negotiate more um, if you wanted. We never really like exactly laid out, you know, how much openness we wanted we just kind of wanted to let it you know evolve naturally Mm -hmm. uh i did ask for uh quarterly updates in the first two years because um i had talked to another birth mom and she said the first two years were the hardest and then um for my first visit i asked for when olivia was three months old and then i saw her a few months after that when we spoke at an adoption class for Bethany Christian Services, and then again at a fundraiser banquet for the Crisis Pregnancy Center that connected me with um, Bethany Christian Services. And she also uh, made it clear that I could email uh, anytime I wanted, which was really helpful, especially um, when I was one week out from placement, I was having a really hard time. So um, I actually texted uh, Brittany if she would ask Nicole if she'd send me a picture. So like right away, she sent me like five pictures and gave me like this little mini update, you know, about what she was like as a baby so far. And, and it was, it was really amazing. And for me, I'll never forget. I think, uh, and I don't know if I remember correctly, Tara, but one of the things was you forgot a picture of her fingers or something. And so, um, and we had a photographer come out and I was like, can you take a picture of every one of her fingers, like in her toes? And then the photographer was like, I think he was getting creeped out. But I was like, no, but like, did you get a close up of the fingers? Like a really good finger one. And so that was like something that we, <laughs> and then I kept putting her in different hats. He's like, I think we did a lot of hats. I'm like, I know, but we like, I have to make sure I get all these. And so just that idea of, you know, the shared moment. And so yeah. even in our pain, like anything that I could do to help Tara and to help me too, you know, that, that genuine love. I mean, it's really cool to see that evolve. And now, I mean, it took over time, but now 
if Olivia has a question, I'll text her or I'll send Tara a text video if she sends gifts to the kids. You know, we're friends on Facebook. We see So I think it evolves over time. I would have never imagined where we are now. You know, I, if you were to ask me, I don't think that that's something you can predict, but just to see how it happens over time as you build trust and and it, it evolves like anything else. You know, it's, it's pretty cool to see it all happen. Absolutely. Yes. Evolve is the right word because you, you don't yeah. really know where it's going to go. Um, you, you have your best no. laid plans and you, you kind of think what you know and what you'd like. But yeah, as you keep moving forward and, and going through life, you know, things could change and how much contact or communication you'd like and how much you get along and all that stuff matters. And it's, it's the same in, a, in a, any relationship, really, if you think about it. And this is what it is. It's a relationship. It's family. And I'm so glad you said mm-hmm. at the very beginning that you are your lifelong, your family now. You you have a lifelong relationship, mm-hmm. and that is something That's to right. be cultivated and and worked on. So, and it sounds like you guys have done an amazing job at doing that. Oh, I want to ask you though, uh, what was maybe we'll start with uh, Tara on this, but what is the most overwhelming or biggest obstacle you faced? And it could have been sound like it could have been in the hospital, but what what was it for you? The biggest obstacle for me was, well, all of it, I guess. <laughs> the whole pregnancy, I was on the end of a 10-year rebellion, and that pregnancy was finally the thing that brought my attention back mm. to God. Mm. I was driving home from work, and I was exhausted and overcome with sorrow at how mm. much I'd messed up my life, so I... I cried out to him and asked him forgiveness and for him to be Lord of my life again. And I knew that he wanted me to place the baby for adoption. And I was really scared. I was growing through my growing in my faith throughout the pregnancy. I was healing from the hurts of my past. And as I was also going through the pregnancy, I was going through the stages of grief for her as she was growing. And I knew that God would, lead me step by step through the process and sometimes I could only see the literal next step Mm. and it was Mm. so hard for me to trust God because everyone up into my life up until that point had let me down but he patiently showed me who I was and even though I still had to live through the consequence of my actions he took it to make something really beautiful and he was faithful and uh, he was, he was by my side the whole time. And the absolute hardest thing though, was watching Nicole and Jeremy drive away. Olivia. Mm-hmm. It felt like they had a piece of my heart with them, which mm-hmm. they did. I feel your pain. I've, we've been there through three adoptions and had to see the same thing. Yeah. And it's, it is, it is painful. I can... Nicole, how about you? Uh, uh, yeah. Knowing what you know and, and just reflecting on everything, what was your most overwhelming or biggest obstacle, biggest pain point you faced? Yeah, I, I think for us, and, and I've said this before, like just the, and so before I even answer that, just that, that day that Tara's describing to drive off in that rearview mirror, I'll never, mm-hmm. I mean, Tara was like hugging us. That was, 
probably Jeremy and I literally said we can't do that again. Like our mm-hmm. hearts broke for tire. We didn't even call anyone. Like we sat in silence. You know, it, it's such a that day is just no one can prepare you for that day, right. and only God can can help you through those moments. It's it's unimaginable. You know, for us. I think my, my breaking point in the adoption process was when we had our failed placement right before Luke. So we'd been matched with a birth mom and, you know, we're going through this process. The baby was due in five weeks. And then we got our call from the social worker, Nicole, at that time that, you know, we had been, that the birth mom was choosing to parent at that point. And so for me, my cry out to God in that moment. I was like, God, you make babies every single day. I'm, I'm just asking for one. Like mm-hmm. I can't go through another mother's day crying myself to sleep. And you know, what is your plan for me? Am I ever supposed to be a parent? I have this huge desire and, and to have a desire and see it, other people be able to do it. Right. And then your body's not working the way that you want it to. You just, it's the craziest confusion of all time. And so, um, you know, just navigating through that brokenness and really for us, when we got matched with Luke's birth parents, seeing God's redemptive love and then seeing Olivia, and I always say, and I've heard it before, but if we believe in the resurrection, then we also have to believe in the resurrection in our daily lives. And sometimes we have to die to our dreams and die to the way that we think things should go in order for God to resurrect new ones. Um, and so that, that brokenness at that time, you know, wondering what my plan was. And ironically, I asked God for one baby and we were blessed with two and every mother's day that I cried myself to sleep. And then Olivia was born on mother's day. And so just to see God's redemption in the details, you know, at a certain point, I'm like, okay, God, you know, like Kara's list was really long. Right. And he answered it. And so for me too, I'm like, all right, God, like I get it. You're in charge, you know, mm-hmm. but I just think navigating through that and then, Obviously, those days, you know, in the hospital, too, are just, you just can't imagine it. And so when I look at Luke and Olivia, you know, there are days that I'll just cry on the couch. And they're like, why are you crying? I'm like, I don't know. You're just, like, breathing, and I think it's super cool, you know? And I'm just like, I think you guys are awesome. And, um, you know, just to see everything that went into their little lives um, is is amazing, right? It's, It's incredible. Yeah, I was going to ask you each what how faith played a part in your journey, but you've both shared it so beautifully throughout all the the stories and and the answers you've given. It's just it's amazing. I mean, and God's clearly worked uh, wonders in both your lives and in the lives of your kids. And I wanted to ask you guys a kind of a personal question now, and I mm-hmm. it's not something surprising because I asked you before we were talking right now so hopefully you get a good answer <laughs> mm-hmm. but and i'll let tara go first what do you love most about nicole um that's a really difficult question because there's so much that i love about her <laughs> i think first and foremost um i love how much she loves jesus there's mm-hmm. so much evidence of it mm-hmm. i mean i can see him literally shining through her and I know that she already is and will continue to pass that on to Olivia and it just means so much to me how much she loves them and shows them love and my next thing that I love about her is uh, how much she loves them so much and uh, her level of 10 excitement for everything it's 
super contagious. <laughs> it is. Very well Thank put. You. <laughs> okay, Nicole, your your turn. What do you love most about Tara? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So for me, I love Tara's heart, um, her story of redemption. Just, I mean, she is awesome. I, I am, you know, I get to see her life and I get to be proud of her and cheering her on, um, on the sidelines as she walks through her journey. I love getting to see the mom that she is, right? It's such an awesome gift that I get to see that, that she bakes for her kids and, you know, <laughs> posts funny stories. And I love um, the things that she loves, like Doctor Who and, and uh, Legos and Star Wars and all those things that, she, that my husband can connect with that I'm not as good at, right? And so I, I love <laughs> that um, she has that portion and that we get to share that with Olivia. Tara is so thoughtful. You know, she'll send a gift to Olivia in the mail, and there'll always be something in there for Luke. And I always think to myself how grateful I am, you know, that I have somebody that that loves both of our children, that loves Luke and Olivia. And the fact that she's so mindful of that when she sends gifts or writes Olivia, Olivia little cards and, you know, the little books that she sent her, and she's very intentional um, about the things that she does when she sends even little things in the mail. And so for me, that's such a gift because it makes the excitement easy when I'm telling Olivia, oh my gosh, let's look at this one thing, or, you know, Tara did this, or we'll get something in the mail. And Olivia, or Luke said before, she's just the best, you know, like when he's walking down the stairs, and I've, I've texted that to Tara before, and we've both been crying, right? Um, and so just the way that she loves our family. And, uh, and she's just such an awesome example of, of who Christ calls us to be. And um, I'm just so grateful for that. I love, I love it. And she makes it really, I mean, when, I, when Olivia and I talk about Ms. Tara, I mean, there's just so much to be proud of and so much to be excited about. And the other day, somebody said, your daughter has the most beautiful hair. Where does she get her curly hair from? And I'm like, oh, her beautiful birth mother. And, you know, I always want Olivia to feel that connection. Because it's it's so worth it, you know. And Tara is such an easy person to to get excited to share about. Yeah, you know, it, it reminds me. Uh, I watched the Bethany video. So Bethany did a little video mm-hmm. on you guys, but it's only like two or three yeah. minutes. And I'll, I'll share a link in the show notes so everybody can watch it. But in that video, I remember seeing Olivia coming running up to Tara, and, and so Tara's just mm-hmm. arriving for a visit, and I see you see Nicole in the background, and and Olivia just comes running up and gives Tara a big hug, and then. And then Nicole asked Olivia whose belly she grew in, and she pointed to Tara. And then Olivia mm-hmm. points to Nicole and says, "And I grew in your heart." And I thought, "Oh, that is mm-hmm. just that is just beautiful, beautiful uh, yeah. way to to share it and and to know that Olivia knows, and she, she'll always know. And she knew from the probably the moment she could remember anything that that is how it happened, and that Tara is right. will always be her first mom. That's right. And, and for us too, you know, Olivia, when she asks questions, we, because my kids, now they're starting to ask me, why can't you have babies? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and so right. we're trying to, as they get older, the anatomy questions, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so as they navigate through this, you know, I let them know they grew in Tara's heart too and in Megan's heart. You know, I can't have children, but that doesn't mean I couldn't have children. And so we talked to them about, you know, how it was an adult decision. 
and they were loved very, very much, and they're still loved. And, mm-hmm. and you know, so we just, we make it such a positive thing. The other day, we were on a cruise with our family, and my little nephew was talking to Olivia, and he said something, and she's like, well, you know, I'm adopted. And I just watched her little face light up, and she was talking and telling her story. And I was like, yes, this is it, girl. You are mm-hmm. awesome. You know, you have so many people that love you. <laughs> and uh, it's just so fun to to really see her understand her story. Um, you know, and, and, and just be able to, to tell people now a portion of it. And, you know, there it, it's not easy. You know, there's times Olivia, you know, and I sent this to Tara, you know, she's navigating through things as a five-year-old now and, and some brokenness and, and, you know, answering those questions for her, um, you know, navigating her through her story is such an honor, you know, that, that we get to do that, that we get to answer these questions and, and talk about the bravery and the, the amazing sacrifice that went into her life, right? It's, it's, it's an amazing responsibility. When we filmed that video and when she ran out to hug me and um, Olivia said that she grew my belly button, her mom's heart, she also called me her birth mom. And mm. that was the first time that she'd ever said it. And it broke my heart, but in a good way, mm. because as a birth mom, you know, I'm afraid that Olivia will grow up and see me with my family when she gets older and say, well, didn't you love me? Why didn't you want me? But I know that Nicole will never let that happen. Mm -hmm. Because all the things that she was just saying and Olivia knowing that I was her birth mother, I know Nicole always makes sure she knows how much that I loved her. And as much as she could understand, you know, as age appropriately as she grows up, what you know, like she said, her story. So I, I, I still have that fear a little bit, but I know that Olivia will, will always be at least told, and she can right. see also for herself as she gets older that she it, was loved, and that it was that I, I didn't give her to you because I didn't love her, but I gave her to you because that I loved her. Mm. Right. And for us to making sure that we protect that for Olivia and protect that for you, Tara, you know, that she knows these were adult decisions. It had nothing to do with a lack of love or, you know, and, and like you said, Tara, we let her know because she loved you so much. We have those discussions when, as much as we can, any opportunity that we get. And I'm so protective of that for Tara and for Olivia because, you know, that's my job right now as an adoptive mom is to navigate that truth for her. And, and I imagine at some point that if she has questions, I'll ask Tara to be a part of that. You know, I, I want her to be able to, to ask Tara those questions and, and have this relationship and see uh, how it all happened. I do have a funny story. Olivia was asking about her birth dad one time and, and, you know, she hasn't been able to have interaction with him. And I said, you know, we, we haven't had the chance to meet your birth dad, Olivia, but we love him. And he gave you life. And she goes, my birth dad is Jesus. And I'm like, no, I mean, no but uh, so it was just funny. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, there's a lot there. And so I'm like, yeah, Jesus gave his life. Your birth dad also gave you, so it was just funny to be able to navigate. So sometimes, you know, we have to back it up to the, to the most simple moments. Um, oh, but sweetie. that is, and, and as we we get to questions, you know, like we went, uh, she had some questions. I felt like I was doing an okay job answering, but we saw an adoption counselor, you know, I just emailed that to Sarah. 
because that is the one thing that I want to make sure that I protect is she knows how much Tara loved her and, and not, you know, why does Tara have children that are with her and, and I'm not, you know, we, we are so protective of that. And I show her pictures of, of, of Benjamin and Charlotte and, and just, we get to pray for them and be excited for them. And then, you know, at the same time we pray for Luke, you know, and, and how God allowed them to be brother and sister. And so just, I love that you said that Tara, because we, we want to be so mindful of that her whole life. And I didn't realize, you know, just hearing that too, the first time that she had said that to you in the video. Um, so I'm just glad that I get to hear that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's, yeah. yeah, that's, that's a great, beautiful thing. And yeah, yeah it's, it's part of the story. Yeah, it absolutely mm-hmm. is. And maybe Tara, you can just share, share where your life is at like right now. And, uh, what you have going on? Well, uh, after I placed Olivia for adoption, the woman at the Crisis Pregnancy Center uh, discipled me and made sure I got plugged into some Bible studies, and I was going to two a week. And at the ladies' study, I had been wanting to serve somewhere. So at the ladies' study, I found out about a volunteer opportunity. So um, the fundraiser banquet for the pregnancy center was coming up and so that morning um i went to a coffee shop that the woman who ran the ministry it was a dinner for the homeless uh she owned the coffee shop so i went there to talk to her about it and she said told me the date and the time was the next day and then uh there was a man behind me in line and i just passed right by him you know didn't even give him a second look and then that night was the first time i shared my story I sobbed the whole time (laughs) and uh, Nicole shared her story as well. And I didn't know it, but the same man that had been waiting behind me was also at the banquet uh, with his mother, who was a volunteer at the pregnancy center, uh, listening to my story and hearing every single detail of my life (laughs) and uh, thinking that he wished he had a wife that had gone through something like that and came through the other side. Well, the next night, I went to the volunteering and I met a pastor there who asked me about some Star Wars shoes that I was wearing. I had actually painted them myself and um, we were talking about that. And as the night went on, the woman from the ministry and the pastor, I discovered that they had been at the banquet the night before. So I revealed to them that I was the Tara that shared her story and I wanted the ground to swallow me up because it felt so awkward. (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) The next week, uh, he asked me out, and when he did, I knew that he was the man that God had for me, because Mm -hmm. I told God that if he had a husband for me, I wasn't going to look for him. He was going to have to drop him right in front of me, because (laughs) uh, clearly I could not be trusted. (laughs) So when he asked me out, I knew, okay, this is my husband. So six months later, we got married, and it just felt uh, like a natural thing for me to invite Nicole and Jeremy to attend. Uh, Like Nicole had said earlier, you know, they had seen me at my most broken and I wanted them to be a part of uh, my most joyful, you know, moment. And I'd actually wanted Olivia to be my flower girl, but I chickened out because I was afraid that people would, you know, asking who she was, and I wasn't really mm. ready to share, you know, all of that yet, but I don't think anybody would have asked. I could have just said, oh, she's a family member, <laughs> she's she cute, you know, and that would have been that. And I also invited Nicole to my baby shower, 
which when I was pregnant with Benjamin, our son, Mm -hmm. and she gave me like every single like stitch of Luke's clothing. (laughs) I didn't have to really, really, truly buy clothes for him until like now. (laughs) I mean, she gave me toddler clothes, baby clothes. Like I had to fill in a little, a few (laughs) gaps here and there because there are seasonal differences. But I mean, she gave me everything, car seats, stroller, high chair. I mean, she's just like, here. (laughs) I love that. So fun. And, and for us, and, you know, getting the invitation to Tara's wedding and then coming, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget, right. it's your mom's sister. And she, like, kept looking at me. I'm like, hey, I'm Nicole, and this is Olivia, you know. And so just to see, and then Tara's mom was dancing with Olivia. Tara was dancing with Olivia. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is the coolest day of our lives. And I don't know, um, Tara, I think uh, someone was praying, and Olivia had made a noise or something, and it opened my eyes. And I looked at Tara, and we were, like, smiling at each other, you know. So I'm just like, this is the coolest. So, so grateful. She was such a beautiful pride. You guys have such an amazing story, an amazing relationship, and I just want to thank you guys for sharing. I mean, it's just a powerful, powerful story. You guys share your hearts through the pain, but also through the joy, and you can feel the joy coming out in your voices, and your faith has brought you together, and and that God moved in some amazing ways through your stories. I think a lot of people are going to get amazing things out of this because you did share your heart and it's not all uh, roses. So you went through some hardships mm-hmm. and you shared that and thank you for doing that. That's awesome. So thank, thank you. you. Yeah, it's okay. fun to, to be reminded of really how important everything is. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes you just get in the, the groove of our lives, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. to just always be reminded of the magnitude of our situation is I think so awesome. Yeah, and you guys clearly um, shared that today <laughs> i appreciate that all right well thank you both for coming on thank you so much thank you for having us all right wasn't that a tear jerker i hope you had your box of tissues uh handy because there was not a dry eye in the house here so uh tara and nicole just did such a great job fantastic job of, of sharing their heart and you can just hear the love between them and, and their family and and uh, you know great things are, are happening there, and they have lifelong relationships built and continuing to be worked on. So I hope this inspired you and give you some hope that openness in adoption really does work. It can happen, and hopefully they give you some tips and some ideas on how you can use that in your relationship building with your birth families and your children. So. I hope that did inspire you. I hope you go over to infinitadoptionguide.com forward slash 66. And we're going to give you all the show notes there along with some links that we talked about in the show today. Also, while you're at infinitadoptionguide.com, you can enter your name and email address. And I'm going to send you some free adoption guides that are going to help you save time, money, and stress on your journey. Send you a lot of other goodness, a lot of good things that help uh, as you build your family through adoption. So, Thanks for listening. Until next time, you are in my prayers as you go on your journey to build your family through infant adoption. God bless you. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to my dad.